Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you what, this is going to be a big one. It's going to be a big one, and it's going to take some time. So I hope you're comfortable. I've got a great deal to go over here. I have some geopolitical things that I want to bring up right off the top. Some of it has to do with the Sustainable Development Conference that took place last week. And I kind of want to summarize that very briefly with another individual's post here about it. I've covered it before weeks ago, and then I covered it last week, but I just kind of want to sum it up here because there were a lot of things that were agreed to and signed in that conference that are, of course, not good. And they're doing whatever they can, the UN in particular, and they really are our enemy. They're doing whatever they can to uh, circumvent the Constitution any way that they can by rewording things. And one of those words, unfortunately, is reusing the word pandemic and misappropriating the definition of that. We, of course, haven't experienced a pandemic ever. Not ever. But uh, there have been manufactured pandemics or certainly pseudo-pandemics. Now what, of course, they're trying to do is create other, you know, quote-unquote pandemics basically having to do with either fake climate change or fake gun violence and things of that nature. And then that gives them, so they think, the rights to act unilaterally across multiple countries to do whatever they want to us. We, of course, can't let that happen. but. This is what they have planned, and this is what they're doing. So I'm going to cover that here right at the top very quickly. I want to get into some 5G stuff also. I got an email from Mark Steele regarding 5G and the shots, and of course the upcoming October 4th date and uh, the EBS system going out on that day and some of what that means. A few other resources I'm going to point you to also that I suggest you give a watch to. Then I'm going to dive into education, and I've got a great deal of things here. A lot of it has to do with school board corruption. I have one piece of audio to play. I also want to get into the constant manipulation of enrollment statistics and how this time in particular in history and the basically the complete collapse of these institutions is not only at face value, but it is actually happening. So as it's happening and as it's at face value, what do you think these institutions are doing? to basically cover their own backsides and gaslight everybody. I mean, they are using statistics to manipulate things, and then at the exact same time, they're using very fraudulent uh, recognition outlets, I'll call them, and evaluation outlets, so they think, in order to promote their school or schools. And uh, again, this works on the naive, but it doesn't work on me, and it doesn't work on those of us who know what's going on. So you have to keep in mind, again, as you've heard me say, anytime you hear someone call themselves a public relations expert or they are a part of a public relations entity of any organization, those individuals by nature have to be liars, and they have to be willing to lie no matter what about anything, because if they don't cover their own asses, they're, they're out of a job. So it comes with the territory. There is a certain uh, moral makeup, we'll call it, that has to exist among these individuals. And they actively, I might add, they actively seek out these corrupt evaluation systems in order to bolster themselves as an institution. When again, at face value, we can see that they are crumbling. So I'm going to bring up a great deal of that as well. 
I have some other education-related stories that, of course, back all of that up and and point to the complete collapse. And then I have a great deal of jab-related things. And again, I want to shine a light on a few people in the jab section that has a lot to do with just being late to the party and how a lot of this just does not surprise us because we've been involved in this since the very start, certainly way back in 2020, if not before that. And we could see what was coming and what the enemy had planned. But uh, some of these individuals seem to be shocked that corrupt people are engaging in corrupt behavior. And it doesn't, uh, it doesn't surprise me. I'm sure it doesn't surprise you either. But for some reason, it's shocking to them. The Naomi Wolfs of the, of the world, for example, she's, she's perplexed as to why the White House was panicking about the quote-unquote vaccine back in May of 2021. Well, we know why. Um, again, a few other headlines, a few studies to read as well. And then I want to end with a section from the book, Live Not by Lies, that I'm continuing to read and I'm almost done with. And I just, there's about a page that I think really is a nice summary of what's going on and where we should put our faith in this entire time. So stick around for that toward the end. Okay, here we go. First of all, If you've never seen the movie They Live, starring Roddy Piper, I highly recommend it. For the very first time, I watched the movie from beginning to end, and uh, it's, it's great. It's a great movie. It's depressing because we are awake, and we know what's going on, and as you watch the movie, you, you can't help but think of the current times and everything that's going on. So it's, it's kind of depressing, but It is a perfect example of what's really going on in the world. So again, I highly recommend either renting or buying They Live and sitting down uh, as a family and and watching it. It's very very good. Just a good old-fashioned 80s movie, but it's a wake-up movie. It's, again, a movie about brainwashing and all of that. I'm sure many of you have seen it. Uh, You know, and like I said, I've seen numerous clips over the years and... uh, and of course, we've all seen the memes, but at the exact same time, I've never sat down and watched the entire thing from beginning to end. So I did that, and it was awesome. Okay. Uh, 5G very quickly with Mark Steele here. Let me open up this email very fast, and then I'll get to what he said. So again, what I did was is I emailed Mark, and I asked him to basically watch these two particular videos. And I said, uh, you know, give both of these a watch. The first one was a quick video of a woman. It was a TikTok video, if memory serves, but it was of a woman describing a energy pulse sort of vibration honing signal kind of little device that she owns. And apparently you can purchase these and they're used to basically, you know, you take the little like vibration gun and you stick it on a person's body and then it sends vibrations and frequencies into their body and can reduce swelling and inflammation and things of that nature. Very quickly, she basically says, so what about this EBS system in 5G? Is it possible that that would um, basically destroy the nanotech inside of the people's bodies who have taken these these COVID bioweapon shots? And she essentially asked that question. Again, it's also the work of Nikola Tesla with energy frequency and, and, and vibration as being the, the keys to the universe, so to speak. But it was just a question that I wanted to ask him. And then I sent him the same video that I linked in the description below 
of the woman who used to work at the University of Wisconsin, and she's talking about, again, the DOD and, and the 5G along with the shots and the combination between all of it and the kill box stuff that I've brought up here on the show and everything like that. So here's what Mark said back. He said, quote, and this was on, uh, let me see, this was on Friday that he sent me this. He said, the EBS is just a test to scope out the user interface. They have several access points and are honing their upcoming attack for full effect. Now, let me just focus in on that. As you've heard me bring up in the town where I live, in the dead of night, back in the, back in the early spring, they threw up at least six 5G towers within very heavily congregated areas, I'll, I'll say, for lack of a better phrase, where, where they never existed. And again, these are green. They're about 20 feet tall. And uh, we've seen pictures of them all over the internet, and we have a pretty good idea as to, as to what they look like. Some of them have stickers on them. Some of them don't. Some of them have identifying markers on them. Some of them don't. But it's interesting nonetheless. In fact, Josiah Richwine sent me photos the other day from Orlando outside of a movie studio. I believe it was a movie studio or something to that, to that effect, but it was an AT&T van. At least it had the AT&T logo on the side of this truck. And there were all of these cords running up through the top of the truck up to a, basically what looked like a 5G tower on top of the truck. Again, it begs the question, why would that be parked there? And then there was a warning sign on the truck and on the fence surrounding the truck, and it was surrounded by a chain-link fence. And it basically said, uh, caution, stay away. You know, the, the FCC uh, might not approve the amount of electromagnetic frequency that's coming from this area. It's very suspicious, to say the least. <clears throat> Excuse me, but that's that's a thing and that's that's of course happening i i can't you know you you have to take into account the timing of the of the implementation and erection of these towers at this particular time in history why why are they going up now why did they go up in the springtime when they, when we've never had them before Again, people in the town where I live have already died next to these things. The, the, the finance director for the city has already died. He had multiple shots, of course, and fell over next to one of these towers. So they know what they're doing. This is not an accident. I've, you heard me say I approached these guys when they were installing one of them and getting done installing one of them, and they were all tight-lipped except for the foreman on the particular job. And he said, well, it's for cell signals. And I said, no, it isn't. It's a weapon. That's what this is. It's a weapon. So that was his first response. He says, again, they're, they're testing it out. So the EBS is a test to check out and use or scope out their user interface. He said they, again, have several access points and they're honing their upcoming attack for full effect. He said the second video that I sent him, he said she's not wrong, but she also has not spoke here of the tacit agreement element. This is really important to the cult and the reason we aren't all marked to die. So they know that not all of us have taken the shots. And if they're going to pull this 5G thing, and again, 
have that release these nanoparticles and and un- unleash these illnesses that have been predetermined within these nanoparticles within the shots so a great deal of people seem to think um that's not going to that's not going to be good for the individuals who are injected and that's just my two cents but i'm not the only person who thinks that way which actually now leads me to this if you haven't watched these two episodes of SGT Report, I highly recommend it. It's part one and part two, where he has on a Deb Tavares. And Deb references Mark Steele's work and talks about her own work and own investigation into, again, the surveillance apparatus, the 5G, the shots, the whole thing. It's, very, it's a very important discussion. And I, again, highly recommend that you, uh, you bounce over to SGT Report either on Rumble or BitChute and give those a watch. So I wanted to just mention that again. You know, this is going to be an interesting time. And, and even as I said in my Substack this, uh, this, you know, a couple of weeks ago or last week, whenever that was, last Sunday, that I highly recommend that people unplug everything that they have, unplug your, your, wireless internet, your router, hell, throw the power to your entire place of living. If you if there's a breaker switch, throw the whole thing. And it's been it was in even in the uh Reese report recently where he was referencing a particular individual and he said, "Look, turn everything off before and at least uh, you know, at least 20 minutes to an hour before and at least 2 hours after the fact." And basically just stay away from your devices and keep them turned off. If you have a Faraday cage, great, stick them in there. But it doesn't hurt to throw the breaker switch. And like you, you know, like I said in the Substack, and like I've said here on the show, you're not going to want to be on the highway, I don't think, with everybody's cell phone going off who is dead asleep and has no idea what's going on. I mean, we really don't know what's going to happen. So it's not a panic thing as much as it is it's better to be safe than sorry. And that's kind of always, you know, a, a nice uh, rule of thumb, I think. But just wanted to bring that to your attention too. That's what I plan on doing. You know, just go go wireless, uh, not even wireless. I mean, just go uh, go deviceless for an entire day. Just do it, and you know, come back the next day and see what's up. But what this guy said in the Reese report, he ended up also saying, look, it's not just October fourth as far as he's concerned. He said they might pull it again on October 11th or pull it sometime when people have no idea that, you know, they're going to do it. So who's to know? I mean, once they crank up the 5G, it's not like we're going to know, are we? I mean, we may or may not feel something physically, but again, if we start to see people reporting illness at a higher rate than what they've already reported, that's going to be a noticeable difference. That's going to be the the deviation from the standard, as I said in the, in the Substack article. So Keep that in mind going forward for October 4th. I'm sure I'll bring that up again in the future. Um, With all of that said, though, I would also say that cities are probably going to be the worst spots for this. And as we know, it's a lot of these big cities that are being flooded with illegal aliens. This has to be taken into consideration. It's chess, basically. It's just chess moves. Why is it that they would be flooding these cities with all these illegal aliens? When we know that they haven't received the bioweapon shots, but the people who live in cities or around cities probably have, and those environments are loaded with 5G towers. 
and wireless internet and uh, an inescapable wireless environment that's loaded with electromagnetic radiation. Basically, I'm just saying that it's not a coincidence, I don't think. It certainly seems to be a purposeful move one step at a time, and they know exactly what, what they're doing, and they're doing it actually out in front of people, but we investigate and we're curious, and we connect dots. Even if the dots are on top of each other, we can still see them, whereas many, many others, <clears throat> excuse me, of course cannot, and that's problematic and going to back up on all of us at some point, but uh, there you go. So it's going to happen, I think, in cities. That's where, we're gonna, where people are going to see a lot of dramatic change, certainly moving forward. And it's actually truckers and those that, that work you know, for, clearly for a living on the road. These individuals are going to see a great deal of this also. And I know that I have a lot of trucker listeners and individuals that travel for a living. Again, I would simply say feel free and send me whatever you, whatever you see, any observations of, of what, you're, what you're seeing and what's going on. And uh, yeah, a- again, whether it be 5G towers that you come across or uh, any other disruptions in your travel that you think are responsible for, or I should say partially to play with what's going on right now. So yeah, go ahead and do that and keep it coming. I had one individual do that actually this past week. They know who they are, and they sent me some pictures, and I mean, it was disturbing. It actually just kind of showed how brainwashed people are. There was a a major highway and some parade that was taking place, and police shut the thing down because there was a bunch of candy in the road from people having a parade and throwing candy at people. And I, you know, he sent me these pictures, and I thought to myself, that's all it takes to shut down a major, you know, a major highway with uh, with a great deal of of traffic on it. Is, is candy and people having a parade. If that's all it takes to shut down a road, just imagine something more serious taking place that would actually shut down a major highway or, or again, a major road. We've seen all the footage, again, of protesters on the highways screaming at the top of their lungs. I mean, they can shut down traffic unless, of course, everybody keeps their pedal to the metal and they just start mowing down these people, which, frankly, that's exactly what should happen. But, yeah. Clearly not kids having a parade. That's different, but you get what I'm saying. Like all the Black Lives Matter Antifa stuff. I mean, you know, make them, make them a part of the pavement is what I'm saying. Uh, but yeah, it, it could very well become chaotic on the roads. Again, on or after October 4th. And certainly within any situation uh, where something dramatic takes place and people start to panic because they have no idea what's really going on. So just kind of keep that in mind. Okay, here we go. The UN thing from last week, the old uh, Sustainable Development Conference. Let me, uh, let me read this summary here. This was on Great Awakening, and this is you know, pretty well done. Uh, I also have done this. I've taken their document, which is a... 10-page document, and I've put it on my website under the Government Documents tab. If memory serves, it's number 19. So there's 19 government documents that are there. It's the most recent one, number 19. You can download that PDF if you're interested and read through it. But there's a lot of word usage that exists, and certainly I should say word uh, manipulation and definition manipulation that takes place within those documents. 
that I think is is rather important. Again, it's much like when you hear somebody say the term carbon neutral. There's no such thing. Carbon neutral actually just means killing everybody. But the dummies who say carbon neutral because they think that climate change is a real thing have no idea that climate change is, of course, a hoax, and carbon neutral means them being dead, killing off the useful idiot and uh, everybody who believes the useful idiot, which, again, is just more useful idiots. But it's things like that. Anytime, again, they say climate change or sustainable development or whatever else, there's always a hidden meaning behind it. It's never anything at face value. So here's what the Great Awakening Post said. It was titled, while barely anyone was watching, leaders at the UN made a seven-year agreement to implement a single global agenda. So in the post, it says, have you heard about the agreement that the global leaders adopted at the United Nations during the 2023 SDG Summit, the Sustainable Goals, uh, Sustainable Development Goals Summit, that was held earlier this week, which of course was September 18th and 19th. It says, on Monday and Tuesday, officials from, from all over the world gathered in New York to commit their nations to fully implement the 2030 Agenda and the Sustainable Development Goals over the next seven years. If you're not familiar with the 17 Sustainable Development Goals, you can find them right here. They are essentially a blueprint for how the globalists want the world to be run. Just about every area of human activity is covered by the 17 Sustainable Development Goals, and it would take extreme measures over the next seven years in order to achieve all of, the, all of them by the deadline, it says. Again, interesting number 17, but moving on, it says, but that was what the 2023 SDG Summit was all about. Leaders from all over the planet got together and pledged to do whatever is necessary to meet those goals on time. They're calling it, quote, a new phase of accelerated progress, unquote. The following comes directly from the official UN webpage about this summit. Uh, let's see, it says, coveted by the President of the General Assembly, the summit marked the halfway point to the deadline set for achieving the 2030 agenda. The globalists really do intend to implement 2030, the 2030 agenda and the Sustainable Development Goals by the time the UN General Assembly convenes in September of 2030. That's just seven years from now. And so the clock is ticking. During the 2023 SDG Summit, global leaders adopted a sweeping political declaration which they committed themselves to achieving the 17 Sustainable Development Goals within the next seven years. Kicking off the second half of 2023 Agenda for Sustainable Development, World leaders at the SDG Summit adopted new sweeping something-something. It says they adopted uh, a 10-page document, which again is on my website, by the heads of state and government and high representatives gathering at the United Nations headquarters. The political declaration is 10 pages long, and it can be read right here. So again, it's on my website. So here's what I want to do just very quickly. Again, the, the document is very damning, and as you would expect, what they're doing is, is they're using the crises that they themselves are manufacturing, and they're seeking to profit off of it. Now, that shouldn't shock any of us. I mean, they're the ones that are flooding our countries, certainly white countries, with Africans and with South Americans and God knows who else, in, individuals from the Middle East. 
but they openly admit in the document that they are accelerating everything. And they're saying, you know, we're going to end hunger. And in order for us to do that, we have to poison everybody. That's what, that's what they ultimately say. That the trade channels and markets have to open movement for food, fertilizers, and other agricultural inputs and outputs while recognizing the importance of a shorter supply chain. So again, they're not interested in fixing the problem that they've created. They're, interesting in, they're interested in accelerating it to basically just brainwash and kill off as many people as possible. There's also this particular parameter, which I want to read. It's under number 38, and all of these are listed, by the way, numerically. And then there are subgroups within these numbers sometimes. But there's this one, which is number 38. It says, we are determined to make all efforts to implement the 2030 agenda and achieve the sustainable development goals by the target year of 2030 and to revitalize the global partnership for sustainable development. Sustainable development means continuing to kill us, continuing to brainwash us. That's what it means. It doesn't mean build anything. It means build whatever they have to build that ends up contributing to our demise. Letter D on this list under number 38, says the following, quote, We will continue increasing investment in inclusive and equitable quality education and lifelong learning opportunities for all, including early childhood education, youth and adult literacy programs and initiatives, digital education, cultural education, education for sustainable development, digital technologies for education, skills enhancement, affordable higher education, and vocational training, education in emergencies and teachers and teachers, continuous professional development. It goes on, it says, and we of course know that that's, that it, it <laughs> again, it means flooding everything with illegals. That's what it means. It means rooting out the morally sound so that we can keep the brainwashed and then flood these environments with any shortfall that we have in participation, we'll flood it with illegals. And they'll be forced to. It continues, it says, we recognize that all early childhood education and care can generate sustainable benefits for children. We will address barriers to girls' education, gender and disability gaps, and promote gender equality and empowerment of women and girls in and through education and safe, healthy, and stimulating learning environments that enable all learners to achieve their full potential and physical, mental, and emotional well-being. We also take note of the 2022 United Nations Transforming Education Summit, unquote. Again, what they're saying is they're putting the pedal to the metal. That's what they're saying. They are speeding up their nefarious plans. Again, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say other than this is this is what they have planned. I have to read this too, because unfortunately, this is this is not good either. In fact, this entire section under uh, number thirty-eight of this document, which is page five and six, in fact, it goes all the way to page ten, to where you end up coming across point number thirty-nine. But they have sections and then even subsections below this. This is a, a this right here I think are the most damning parts of this document because they are straight up telling you what they're going to do with particular areas and what they have planned. So 
get a load of this. It, it says this here. It says under uh, section I, again, this is under number 38. It says, we recommit to making fundamental changes in our consumption and production patterns, including by transforming to sustainable economic and business models and implementation of the 10-year framework of programs on sustainable consumption and product patterns, and by providing support to developing countries to strengthen their scientific, technological, and innovation capacity. We recognize that local and national zero-waste initiatives can contribute to achieving sustainable consumption and production. Now, you know what that means. It means destroying farms and making fake food, poisoning water, and then giving people water that is, that is poisoned. It's the opposite of what is natural. It's the old, you know, the fake steak machine which I featured in a war video a while back when uh, Benjamin Netanyahu was eating a fake steak or a fake piece of fish that was basically produced out of a printer of sorts. This is, I mean, this is what they're telling you they, they are going to accelerate. The next one, letter J, below that says this. Now again, ask yourself what you think this means. It says, quote, we will ensure universal access to affordable, reliable, sustainable, and modern energy for all, including through enhanced international cooperation to assist developing countries and through sustained investments, advancing research and development, and promote investment in energy infrastructure and clean energy technology. We will increase sustainability uh, I'm sorry, we will increase substantially rather. See, I read sustainability so much, uh, it just gets confusing. <laughs> we will increase substantially the share of renewable energy in the global energy mix by 2030. Again, more of the same. Fake food, 5G towers, housing for illegals in cities and around cities this is this is what they have planned and they're telling us right here and they again repeat themselves they're very repetitive with the same kinds of words that they use so again this is really a horrific document i highly recommend reading it it is titled political declaration to be adopted at the high level political forum on sustainable development hlpf under the auspices of the General Assembly in September of 2023. This is what they've committed to. And, and they're flat out telling everybody. So again, that's on my website under the Documents tab. And when you click on the Documents tab, scroll down in that first section of all the numbered documents that are all PDFs. I think it's number 19. should be the last one in that list. Of course, they talk about technology as well. And there's numerous concerns, and right, rightfully so. They're beyond concerns. They're actually promises that they're intending, of course, on cracking down on everything online, continuing to track us and weaponize us and weaponize our, our instruments that we use to help us learn to some extent, certainly the, the technology that, uh, that's at our fingertips. But you have to assume that they're going to continuously come after the platforms that are telling the truth. And maintaining those servers is going to be a very difficult thing to do going forward. 
I wouldn't be surprised if more attacks start to occur on BitChute, if more attacks start to occur on Gab, uh, you know, some of the other chat boards as well. So this is this is what they're trying to crack down on, and they're openly telling you that they are ramping up their their timetable and they're trying to do this as fast as possible. So if you don't have a Gab account, I've said it before, get a Gab account. Again, it can be anonymous. You can even lock your account. You don't even have to type anything. You don't have to put a profile picture up or anything. You can just have an account. And then you can just start to follow people. And then you can, again, click the little globe explore button. And then you can just start watching videos and see what people are talking about and articles that they're publishing and so on and so forth. You can give me a follow too if you want. But either way, I recommend getting on Gab and getting a Gab account. It could very well be possible that Gab is going to be one of the last places to go to where people, again, are, are going to be uh, available to share whatever they want, whenever they want, free of censorship. Because, again, Andrew Torba over there at Gab is not complying with any foreign country's declaration that they're making when it comes to cracking down on social media and the comments that are made and so on and so forth. We know that Twitter or X is playing the game, which is unfortunate, but they could also be a honeypot. So it's hard to tell, but either way, you know, the ADL is always coming after Gab, and it's one of the reasons why, again, a lot of the good guys that use Gab don't even mention Gab. I'm not sure why that is, but they all have Gab accounts like the Gateway Pundit, but they don't spend any they, they really don't spend any time promoting Gab or talking about it. And there's a good reason for it. It's because if you go over to Gab, you're going to get the truth. You're going to get people calling out people like the Gateway Pundit, the the Hoff brothers, uh, Israel Jews, you know, the immigration, uh, you know, the entire race replacement immigration invasion that we're experiencing and everything else. I mean, you're going to see all of it right over there. So, yeah. You can keep taking selfies of, of yourself, I suppose, on Facebook, but uh, my recommendation if you want to be an intelligent person is you get on Gab. It really is the place to be. That's just my two cents. Okay. Um, moving on, very quickly, though, there was this. I just wanted to mention this just as a kind of a quick statement to the dummies out there who don't understand that child trafficking and organ harvesting is what's going on in Ukraine. Certainly, regarding that fake government and uh, and all of the people that are throwing money there, that if you're throwing money into Ukraine, you are actively engaging and funding child trafficking and organ harvesting. This comes from uh, SOT.net, sign of the signs of the times, S O T T dot net. This was from back in the middle of August, but it's titled "Organ Trafficking, Pedophile Networks, the Hell of Children Abducted." By Ukraine's White Angels. White Angels is a quote unquote charitable organization that exists in Ukraine. And again, I wouldn't be surprised if your local city council is giving money to White Angels or if they're recruiting K 12 students and university students to provide money to White Angels when in fact that particular organization is kidnapping children ripping them out of the arms of, of their own family members and selling them into sex trafficking. And then, of course, killing them and harvesting their organs. This particular article I've linked on my Gab page. I just, I just uh, read you the title there, but it's horrific. And it has numerous video testimonies, endless quotations, a history of the whole thing. It's awful. Absolutely awful. So 
there you go. You want to beat somebody over the truth with, uh, you know, Ukraine stuff. Just tell them you're openly engaging in child trafficking and organ harvesting, and you're funding those horrible, horrible satanic rituals. So, there you go. All right. One quick comment here about insurance costs going up. This, this, you know, it's not a brain surgery here, basically, but you've probably noticed that insurance costs are going up across the board regarding everything. There's an element, of course, which always has to be kept in mind. One of the reasons for that is not just the the worthless dollar and the man-made inflation, and that term that that falsely gets used all of the time as being some sort of societal accident. Ladies and gentlemen, insurance costs are going up because the insured are dying from the shots in copious amounts of numbers, which means the insurance companies have to fill in the gap, so to speak. And if they're losing customers because they're dying from the bioweapon shots, which they are, they got to make up that difference somehow, don't they? So how do they make up that difference? They charge us more money. Just keep that in mind. The real reason that things are going up and the cost of things are going up is because the population numbers are going down. And business, of course, as you know, hinges on people and people existing. They don't exist. You can't have a business, which means all of your costs go up. And so do, of course, the people that are insuring you and insuring us and so on and so forth. So just wanted to make that one quick comment. Okay. Education stuff. Buckle up. Here we go. I'm going to start here. The local school district where I live, just to provide a, a quick, again, recap and a, and a quick summary, in particular for individuals who are new to the show. And if you're new to the show, welcome. The school district where I live is a criminal organization. They have all of the characteristics of being a criminal organization. They're not interested in telling the truth. They're just interested in padding the numbers, doing whatever they can to support their own positions because if someone new comes in and disrupts the entire system, they start to panic or they'll start to try to make friends, but it will disrupt their uh, their status quo. And I'm telling you, no one, and I mean nobody, hates having their routines and their status quo disrupted more than people in the education business. They can't stand it. And it happens all of the time, including board members. So the local school district where I live had their most recent board meeting just this past Thursday. And we have to pay attention to what's coming up here uh, during the November election. They're going to try to put another levy on the ballot because they are losing money. They've already made numerous cuts. There's no busing anymore for a great deal of students, if not most students. Um, They've lowered the cost of having to participate in sports when it was $900 just to pay to play and all that other bread and circus nonsense. I'm not necessarily concerned with any of that. I could care less. I'm interested in their fraudulent behavior and what they're doing to circle the wagons to try to make it look like they're doing the right things now, when in fact they are not. And then, of course, why are they circling the wagons and why are they doing it now, right before an election? Well, recently here, 
a publication went out, as you heard me read last week in the, I believe, Monday's episode, where I was talking about these incoming individuals who are running against three incumbents on the school board. These individuals, of course, who are already on the school board are panicking. And one of them was even quoted in that, in that publication as saying, we have to stick together. We work better together. And, and, and you know, we need to maintain our position so we can see this thing through and turn things around. And if we keep doing things the way that we're doing, then everything's going to turn out fine. And then, of course, you heard me say, if they keep doing the things that they're doing, then they're retarded. Because that would imply that they're just going to become more insolvent in the future because that's the direction they're heading in now. You have to also keep in mind that they're brainwashed. They have no idea that enrollment is dropping, that the population is dropping, and that they're all jabbed. They, they don't know about any of this. They've also openly adopted and, and, uh, and I should say acquired all of the new fake COVID tests that are being offered by Joe Biden's fake administration. And the superintendent wanted everybody to know that we have all COVID tests now, and if you're interested in a free COVID test, we'd be happy to provide them to you. I mean, this is how lost these people are. They don't know that the tests are fraudulent, that they're predetermined, and you can wipe your cat's ass with it, and, uh, you know, it'll test positive. You can drop it on the floor and look at it wrong, and it'll test positive. They don't know this. They're out to lunch. So there's a number of moves that they made in this board meeting, though, that is indicative of a school board that is not just circling the wagons, but they are doing whatever they can to gaslight the public. Now, let me remind people of this. This is also the same school board that back in the spring was gaslighting the public about saying that they might have to band the grades together in a money-saving scheme, in an effort to save money, so they, so they said. Even while the public was openly telling them banding the grades together wouldn't save money. Now, what I mean by the banding thing is, is there are three elementary schools. They wanted basically two or three grades within each building. So one building would just be fourth and fifth. The other building would be third and second. The other building would be pre-K through first. Instead of it being all mixed around, which is the way that it is now based on, of course, where people live. Every building is basically a K through five building. But they don't, they didn't want that. Now, why did they say that when money had nothing to do with it? They said it to stir the pot. They said it because they wanted to piss off the public so that ultimately they could come back in as a school board, as the Hegelian manipulators that they are, and look at everybody and then vote against the policy that they were pushing forth to begin with. So when it ultimately came down and all the public outrage of all the sheep believing what was actually taking place as if it was going to mean something, the school board, one at a time, all voted against the grade banding. But the public forgot that it was the school board themselves that proposed it in the first place. They're being gaslit as a public and as participants in the school district, and they have no idea. So what's their latest gaslighting ploy before the election here in November 
where they think they're going to pass a levy. When in the county where I live, everybody's property taxes have increased by 40%. Wages are down. Population is down. Enrollment is down. Cost of living and cost of everything else is going up. They're going to try to pass this, and they're gaslighting people by now telling them that they are becoming financially solvent and that they're becoming in, the, they're going in the black. And oh, look, we found money to save all of the sudden. And they rolled out this strange broad to start telling people that this school district is academically successful. Now, I hate to break it to people, in particular anyone locally listening to this, but Talawanda's never been. Talawanda City Schools in Butler County, Ohio, has never been academically successful. They've been average, literally graded a C by the state. Which leads me now to this. What they've done is, and in that particular presentation where the woman was describing, and yes, I said the word broad, sorry, I watched way too many, uh, way too many Looney Tunes cartoons when I was a kid, or perhaps not enough. Either way, um, that crazy dame, she got up to the microphone and she gave a PowerPoint presentation talking about the the, the Ohio State standards and, and the, the parameters for which um, the schools are graded, okay? It's essentially out of a 25-star rating system, and they claim that they are 22 out of 25 stars. Now, what does the star rating actually mean? It means nothing. That's the umbrella term I'm going to use. It actually means nothing. It does not measure content knowledge. It doesn't measure mastery of content. We know the content's false. We know the curriculum is not the truth. We know that the words in the textbooks are fake. We know this. They don't. They think it's real. So it becomes a game. If it were an actual test of knowledge in an a evaluation of what they actually knew, it would really just be, as you've heard me say, a measure of how many lies they can memorize. That's essentially it. Now, with all of that aside, let's play their, their brainwashing game here momentarily. The entire state evaluation system for this particular evaluation is based on essentially one word, and that word is growth. That's it. Now, what does that mean, and where do, they, where do they have to see growth in order to meet these particular parameters? It's as simple and insignificant as this. Something as simple as this, for example. If they, if they as a school district, have slightly more attendance from the most recent year as opposed to the previous, then they get a full star rating for that. That's it. Again, nothing about content acquisition and knowledge per se. It has more to do with things like attendance. And if students graduated from, say, the fifth grade to the sixth grade, 
How many of them moved on from the fifth grade to the sixth grade and weren't held back? If more of them moved on that that as opposed to, I should say, those that were held back, well, then they get an upstar rating also. Do you see how trivial it is? This is the entire state's evaluation system, and yet it's school districts that use this to pat themselves on the back for doing what is really a shitty or average to shitty job. That's what they do. This entire state evaluation system is, is a manipulated evaluation system. There is nothing sound about it. Now, why is that the case? It's that, it's that way at the state level because it has to be that way. Because if it were actually authentic and built on what used to exist in American education, which was, you leave a grade, you take a test on everything that you were supposed to learn and master and know in that grade. And if you don't pass that test, then you don't move on. That's the way it used to be in our country. That's not the way it is now. The way that it is now, again, is if you show up as a staff or a student population or whatever, and you basically don't fill your shorts with your own waist, then if you don't do that, then you get an upstar rating. And that becomes a part of your positive evaluation. I mean, I'm really not exaggerating. That really is the way, that, that's how stupid and simple the evaluation system is. If they have more clubs and groups, that's part of it also. If, they, uh, if they've made building improvements, that's part of it also. Then that's more thumbs-up star ratings. It has very little, if anything, to do with the acquisition and mastery of real knowledge. But the general public does not know this. They see, because they're, they're the zombies and they live. I mean, they're not the real zombies, you know, like the ones that Rowdy Piper is killing, but, but they're like the normies walking around looking at it without the sunglasses on, and they're seeing stars, and they're, and they're going, oh, look, there's four out of five stars that are filled in. Well, that must mean we're doing a great job. And look, we have some five out of five stars on some of these parameters. That must mean we're perfect. No, it doesn't. This is the same school district and school board that refused to fire a teacher for sexually molesting a student. Where's the star rating on that? Where's the evaluation on that? How about the fact that they took all the COVID cash and they've spread the COVID cash out, all those ESSER funds, they've spread it out now to where they actually have less of it now because they spent most of it, but they're hanging on to some of it, I should say, for a rainy day. They could have given all that money back. They didn't need it. But they used it for new windows. They used it for this pet project over here had nothing to do with an illness. It was money laundering, which means they're all money launderers because that's what it is. But remember, as you've heard me say, if everybody's murdering in the K-12 or education business and everybody's raping, then it's not a crime. It's not illegal. If everybody's money laundering, 
It's not it's not a crime. Money laundering is, uh, immediately becomes legal just like that. That's the way that it works. That's our society right now. If everybody's doing it from the judiciary right down to a local small business, no one's going to be held accountable. Now they're still wasting money. This still has to be brought up. They're still wasting money in these meetings. They show you all these coaches that they're hiring, all these assistant coaches, and all of these substitutes. Of course, they need them. And then all of these, I found this interesting too, all these substitute nurses. Weird. Why would you need all these substitute nurses? I mean, I understand if a nurse is out from time to time, you know, tough noogies. That used to be the way that it was when when I was a school teacher. We would get an email and it would just say, nurse so-and-so is out today. Um, if there's an emergency, bring them to the main office, and and we'll we'll take them to the hospital if we have to. Um, you know, we're, we'll we'll basically just do our best. But that was essentially it. There was really no nurse substitute all of the time. Why why all of a sudden all these nurse substitutes? It's almost like they're anticipating them getting sick, if not dying. What from? I wonder what from. Hmm. Could be the thing they all injected themselves with. I'm just guessing. Um. But they're also, again, like I said, they're, they're wasting copious amounts of money on numerous, numerous projects and numerous things. One of the things is they decided to throw some money, or it was a, it was a public fundraising thing. It's rather disgusting, I think. But they, they recruited the local Masons. Yes, that's right, Freemasons. They, lo- they recruited the local Masonic group to, uh, to help fund... Uh, a playground and renovation of a playground. Now, if you're like me, you grew up on a metal playground. Everything was metal. It was sharp. It, you got calluses on your hands from working the monkey bars as hard as you could, and that's and grabbing chains and swinging from thing to thing. You know, because that made us tough. Not now. Everything's plastic and rubber. So they're redoing all the you know they they decided to redo the playground because it wasn't up to code and it was just dangerous for the kids so they said but they decided to recruit the masons to bring in uh, a little bit of extra money and put on a car show uptown and then you know some uh, i don't know it, it, these people have no idea what freemasonry is not a clue and there's all the masons with their aprons and they're all standing there i even put the picture on gab you can check it out They've got all these pedophile masons standing there and uh, all these kids, you know, below them going, thank you for our playground. It's pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. Anywho, more money being wasted. Here's another example. They're still funding a trip to Washington, old, the former Washington, D.C. They're, they're funding that. They're funding this, this trip to a camp that exists on the outskirts um, that they've had around since I was a student. And it's useless, completely and utterly useless. But they, f- they, they continue to fund this. They also openly admitted, ladies and gentlemen, and this right here should tell you the corruption and how this thread, this fake COVID thread that runs through the entire thing, is all connected here. They openly admitted to taking funds from the local hospital, the McCallahide Memorial Hospital. The school district receives money from them. Now, you don't think that they're receiving money and not getting anything in return, do you? No, they're getting something in return as a hospital. They have to. Or else that's just a bad business deal. 
It has to be a give and take, which means what is it that the hospital would be providing the school district? Fake COVID tests would be my guess. Masks might be another one. Gloves, rubber gloves, because you can't touch the books in the library, you know. You'll catch COVID. Who knows? There could be, again, some other deals working behind the scenes that people are unaware of. They didn't mention the amount of money that they were receiving from the local hospital. But if anybody's receiving money from a hospital, you're in on the con. You're in on the whole thing. So there's that. There's also this can't make it up. And a friend of mine told me this and absolutely embarrassing, beyond embarrassing. I can't even believe I'm about to utter these words. The superintendent decided that April 8th of next year, 2024, there's going to, of course, be a, uh, a complete solar eclipse that day. In the middle of the day, like, I don't know, three, three in the, a- well, three in the afternoon, somewhere around there. And it's basically supposed to occur, the, the visual sight, of course, because Earth is not a spinning ball. And this is c- clear evidence that that's the case, that the sun and the moon rotate around us. And as they do that, and they cross one another's path, that path of eyesight is going to be basically right over top of us from a clear angle. So, yeah, it's not 93 million miles away, or whatever the hell people say when it comes to the sun. I mean, what a colossal lie. Anywho, they're taking the day off of school for that. So I'm going to repeat that. They're taking the day off because of the solar eclipse. And the reasoning behind it was, according to the superintendent, because there would be, what did he say, a lot of traffic on the roads and a lot of people wanting to look at it with their special glasses, which, by the way, you don't need that. Just stare at it. I did. I didn't go blind. Uh, and it's, it's beautiful because it's God's creation and it's a reminder of God's creation. Anyway. He was using traffic as being the excuse, and that uh, students might not want to show up to school that day anyway, and there would be people on the sides of the roads, thereby creating uh, transportation issues. You know, you've heard me say cognitive decline is a major side effect and intentional of the jabs. Clearly, this is more evidence of that, I think. That's just my two cents, but that clearly seems to be the case. When I was in school, there was a total solar eclipse when I was in seventh grade. We all went outside in our science class and we stared at it. It was great. Nothing wrong with it. You know, some people were like, look through this box, look through the shoe box and you can see it and it's neat. Shut up. Just stare at it. (laughs) Just look at it. You want to put on sunglasses? Great. But just look at it. It's fine. But they're taking that day off. And what are they going to do that day? No students are going to show up but they're going to have professional development for teachers. And they, they openly say again that they're going to be saving money as a result of doing that. Now, this ties right back into the fraudulent evaluation. The fraudulent evaluation hinges on how much professional development the school has and the district has. The more you have, the more star ratings you get in a positive direction. 
So the more gaslighting and abuse you engage in that is useless, like data analysis, quote unquote, which you've heard me say, endless peer-reviewed articles have been written, one in particular, which I've referenced in the past, which says, if you data analyze your student's success or academic achievement or lack thereof, in a school setting as part of your professional development, you have as much impact on their grade improving as you do impacting how tall they are. It has nothing to do with one another. It is literally the definition of a waste of time. But they don't know this because they're dummies. I'm telling you, these environments are filled with some of the most retarded humans on the face of the planet. I don't know what else to say. I'm sorry they're all dead asleep. I truly am. But as you've also heard me say very callously, they have got to go. There's no room for them in the, uh, in the oncoming war that we all face and the new world that we are about to enter. There's just no room for them anymore. They need to leave. They've done it to themselves, and they don't even know that either. Uh, let's see. Oh, they're also doing this. Sorry, this is kind of important. They're rehiring a retired Spanish teacher who, ironically, was my Spanish teacher, and she's an abomination, but she, she was my old Spanish teacher. They're rehiring her. Why do you think? And she is Italian and speaks Italian and Spanish and English and a few other languages. But why do you think they're rehiring her as a consultant? Could it be because they're anticipating more illegals? Probably. Old Senorita Hoffman. My name in her class, as we were allowed to give ourselves uh, Spanish names in Spanish class, my name was, I believe, Pedro and Taco. Two separate names on two separate occasions. I kept the name Pedro uh, for my first year of Spanish and then my second year of Spanish. And then I just got angry for Spanish 3 and I said, my name's Taco. And, uh... She looked at me, she had crossed eyes, and she looked at me, I th- at least I think she was looking at me, and she said, Taco? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get a D in your class just so I don't have to repeat it. And I pulled through. I think I got like a D plus. It was great. Anyway, there you go. So as I, as I wrote about, ironically enough, on my Substack an entire year ago, illegal immigrants in American schools will collapse the system if not because of a lack of training among everybody who apparently still wants to attempt to enter the business, but violence. And the combination of all of these things, forget it. The business is going to collapse. There's nothing you can do to prop it up. You can hire all the bilingual consultants you want. Nothing is going to save it. Not to mention I question the sanity of the very individuals that want to re-enter these environments after retiring. You clearly have a screw loose. I mean, move, you know, go, uh, go kick your feet up someplace, have a, have a margarita and relax. I think you earned it. You know, you're brainwashed. You played the game, but nope, they just keep coming back. Some of them. I don't get it. I don't get it. So those are my notes on the school board meeting, but I want to play this because this is incredible. This is a nice little audio from that school board meeting of a very upset grandparent who shows up to the microphone, walks up, and lets them have it. Now, ignorantly on her part, 
you know, she she doesn't understand that there's no back and forth, no Q and A, and she gets reminded of that by the the president of the board, who's an abomination. But um, she has a very serious concern, which again has to do with busing. Why is it that her son or that her grandson can't ride a bus to school? when they're wasting money on copious amounts of other stupid projects and pet projects and useless positions. And of course, they can't answer, but they don't have an answer. Because, well, yeah, this is this is a part of their own ignorance. They really didn't have to shut down the busing, they just chose to. To again, make people feel the pain, so they think. What she should do depending on the age of her grandchild of her grandchild or grandson is she, uh th- they should do whatever they can to homeschool him if he can read and write he can teach himself and uh abeka.com is the way to go but again the matrix holds hard on these people it holds them close it holds them down on the ground and it doesn't want them to escape if they knew that a Becca existed, they'd use it. If they knew how straightforward it is, they'd use it. If they knew the ease with which real learning can take place when it comes to learning the truth on your own time, they'd do it. But they don't know. They have no idea that the walls of their prison are invisible. All they have to do is just walk away. And they'll stop being a prisoner in this invisible jail that exists. But they don't, again, they don't know it. It's sad, but I, I, like, I like the anger, um, and I like the passion. And this is a grandmother who's starting to connect the dots a little bit. She's not out of the matrix, not by a long shot, but she's starting to connect the dots. So give her a listen right here in three, two, one. Uh, I've been a resident of Oxford for 39 years. I pay over $3,000 a year to this school to these schools, Talawanda School District. And my kids have graduated from Talawanda, and now I have an eight-year-old grandson in Talawanda. And who gives you the right to tell me, tell my grandson he can't ride a bus? And you stand, you sit up there and talk about savings for the kids. You're cutting 32 routes down to 28 routes. That's savings? Yeah, but that's penalizing our kids. What about the parents? How are they supposed to change their schedule to get these kids to school? Now, where's our money going? I want to know. Where's our money going? Why don't we have busing for all these kids? Or the high school? All the people that live in Talawanda District that pay as much as I do, you guys should be thriving. You shouldn't have to ask for a school levy to be passed. And on our property tax, we're going to be taxed right out of our houses. We're not going to be able to live in Oxford because you guys want to put levies on our property tax. Now give me some answers. Nobody's going to say anything? Ma'am, public uh, participation is not a debate time. Uh, If you have questions, you're welcome to contact a member of the administration or school board privately. But this is basically a business meeting where we get some public input. So thank you very much. I want to know why my grandson can't ride a bus. He lives out on a bit because he lives in a two mile radius of a school. We pay as much taxes as somebody that lives five miles from the school. I think there needs to be a deeper investigation into the school board. Thank you. Thank you very much. She's 100% right. 
She again, right there, there needs to be a deeper end of in, a deeper investigation into the school board. Yeah. I mean, they're all dummies, but she's right about the taxes too. You don't actually think you're going to pass a levy, do you? And she's right. People are going to be taxed right out of their property. They can't afford the Butler County taxes. They can't afford a school district which sucks, which fill, is filled with dumbasses. They're not going to. They're not going to. They're not going to vote for their own decline. They're not going to do that. Only the foolish, only the brainwashed, only the sheep would literally vote for their own poverty, and they do it with regularity because they are the useful idiot. They are Karl Marx's wet dream. That's what this is. They have no idea what they're advocating for. You may have even heard one of the board members give a little cough just there. She had a rather persistent cough the entire time. And I love how these individuals, as school board members, are now all of a sudden showing up with these giant water bottles. They all have these huge metal containers filled with water. Never used to be the case before the shots. They can drink all the water they want. That isn't going to wipe away the AIDS. But the grandmother's right, and she's pissed, and she gets to be. Now I need to contact her and tell her about Abeka. I mean, I should almost offer up my services to these, to these parents. You know, I'll talk to you for, for $25. Hell, I'll talk to you for 20 bucks. I'll sit you down for two hours and describe the Abeka program to you, and you don't have to send your kids back to that shithole of a school district anymore. Can your kid read? Yes. Can they write? Yes. Well, here we go. Here's the website. Here's a couple of fun YouTube channels. Look, other kids are doing it too, and they're younger than yours. It's gaslighting, and gaslighting is abuse. It's manipulation, and manipulation is abuse. And school board members, by nature, certainly on the hard left, but plenty on the right, are manipulative because they're abusive. And their manipulation tactics come naturally to them. Very unnatural for people like me and people like you to actually manipulate anybody. I mean, it, real t- it really takes an absence of morals doesn't it? I've never done it. I've never done it. Hand to God, I've never manipulated anybody. I don't even know how. <laughs> I don't even know how to do it. Not, e- not even, you know, not a clue. Don't know how to lie. But these people do it so easily. It's like tying shoes. They're like, yes, yes, cross, loop around, pull through, manipulate. Yes, got it. And they have times of the year that they do it more often than others, but they're always doing it. It's in their DNA. That's the thing to keep in mind. They know what they're doing, and they don't care about people. So nothing can fix this. It's, it, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter what school board member comes in or which one leaves. It won't matter. The whole house of cards is crumbling to the ground. It's crumbling to the ground, which leads me now to this. This has to do with, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell this story very quickly, having to do with Miami University, and then I'm going to tie in 
a thing that Talawanda and Miami have shared specifically regarding a national survey, which is also fraudulent. First of all, Miami University, uh, a neighbor next to my parents, works for the university. The individual has openly stated that the campus is dead empty. Now, I knew that because you can drive around and see it, but they openly said the dormitories are empty. They even invited back one of the former presidents of the university to dedicate one of the new dormitories in his name. The dormitory that was being dedicated to him is empty. <laughs> you, can't, you can't make this up at all. Not at all. It's the eyeball test, and everybody's lying about it. The individual who I read in, in a previous episode a week ago regarding the enrollment and that story that came out that said Miami University has maintained its enrollment while every other college and university across the nation is declining. That's a lie. It's a bold-faced lie. Doesn't pass the eyeball test. So no one's here. Tuition is increasing for incoming freshmen. It's the highest it's ever been. Taxes are higher than they've ever been. Cost of living is higher than it's ever been. And they want to tell people, we've, we have the highest enrollment among anybody in the nation. We've maintained our enrollment from previous years. Horse shit. It's a lie. Because they have to lie. What are they going to say? We encouraged and coerced and pressured everybody to take a biological weapon which killed off copious amounts of people. Are they going to say that? Of course not. They can't. They're in over their heads now. And there's no swimming out of this. And a little metaphor, if I was to create a visual here, it's as if they're all, everybody in the education business, public, private, charter, K through college and university and higher ed and all the way up through graduate programs, they're all in the middle of the ocean. There's no life-saving device, no boat, no raft, no inner tube, nothing. So what are they doing to try to stay afloat? They're grabbing onto each other. Well, what happens when you do that? in a large body of water and you're trying to stay afloat on one another. You end up drowning one another, don't you? And eventually, the one person who's left, who's left still with their head above water, is going to get pulled down by the ankles. That's what's happening in the entire business. There's no beating around the bush about it. You've heard me bring this up. From the inception of this show, certainly in 2021. But this is the end. Again, I wrote about this in April of 2020 for the American Thinker. Homeschooling will increase because now they've crossed the bridge. There's no going back now with everything that they've done. No going back. It's, it's astounding. So there you go. And Miami University is not the only one. They aren't the only one. I have another story a little bit later, which I'll mention, that proves that. And proves that when they run out of money and they run out of people, they start cutting. What department do you think? What department gets cut first at American colleges and universities when they start to become insolvent? 
If you said teacher education programs, you would be correct. It's one of the first they they slash. I've said it here numerous times, and and I got an article later that that proves that. But let me get to this, because this is the shared fraudulent uh, award system or, you know, ranking system that they all use that is remarkably stupid. You've probably heard of this um, ranking system. It is the U.S. News and World Report. This ranking system, I'm going to read through it here. It's actually on their website. It's rife with fraud. This is my opinion. So they always list their best colleges, quote unquote. Miami University claims to be number three in the nation for excellence in undergrad teaching. So saith the U.S. News and World Report. Now, who believes that? Who actually believes that? <laughs> there's, there's no way. There's no way that that's the case. It says Oxford-based college is number three for excellence in undergraduate teaching and number 11 for undergraduate teaching programs, the report says. The school was ranked number 70 in the best college among national public universities. Well, they're all garbage, but, you know. It says, quote, the university also is near the top, both overall and among national public universities in learning communities, 6th public or 17th overall, whatever learning communities means, undergraduate engineering programs, uh, no doctorate, mechanical or 5th among public universities, excluding military institutions, 17th overall, undergraduate engineering programs, no doctorate, blah, 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 blah. And it just goes on and on and on. I don't see their teacher education program in here anywhere. Nope, not even listed. Interesting, probably because it's crap. It says the methodology used by the U.S. News and World Report was adjusted this year to drop five long-standing factors, modify the weights of others, and add new components. Hmm, what would that be? Why would they be changing their evaluation system based on a ranking that these universities use to recruit people? And they just changed them this past year because they've killed off their customers and they still need to stay afloat. Do you see how the, the criminal nature of everything? It's no different than the jabs. The Mayo Clinic, which I was going to bring up later, but I'll bring up now. What have they done recently? The Mayo Clinic just brought back hydroxychloroquine as being something that needs to be prescribed for people who have the COOF. But what is it called when the Mayo Clinic withholds hydroxychloroquine when people are dying from the COOF before the shots in 2020? What's that called? When you withhold the cure to the thing that ails you. Negligence, or is it murder, or is it both? Universities and these institutions, K-12, public, private, charter, it doesn't matter. They're all doing the same things. And here's the, here's the kicker. As an institution, you have to physically reach out to the U.S. News and World Report to be ranked. They don't just do this on their own 
as a ranking, uh, you know, as a ranking institution or as a ranking, whatever NGO, they do it only, they will only do it for you if you reach out to them and fill out all of their bullshit parameters that again are very, that are just as fraudulent as, as what Talawanda does at the state level. Now, Talawanda, the local school district, the local K-12 school district, they did the exact same thing with the U.S. uh, News and World Report. Why? Because they want to make it look like there's some high-ranking school in the state of Ohio. And apparently, based on that U.S. News and World Report nonsense evaluation, they claim that Talawanda is in the top 18% of schools in the state of Ohio. I don't believe that. Not for a minute. And I have to go backwards very quickly to the previous state evaluation. You heard me say just earlier that this school district was previously a C school in the 2018-2019 school year. That they earned a C grade. But this past year, in their star their you know their star evaluation system now they received a 19 out of 25 last year well a 19 out of 25 is what mathematically it's a 76% that's still a c is it not but now of course they're claiming they're a 22 out of 25 which is an 88% which is a b so we've improved. Ooh, a B. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. My point is, is that all of these evaluation systems and these ranking systems are fraudulent because they're designed to be. They're used by businesses so that the businesses themselves reach out to them, do what they ask them to do. They plug them into some computerized algorithm that they manipulate on a consistent basis, as you just heard there. U.S. News and World Report has changed their evaluation system just within the last year. Because, again, they've killed everybody off. They have to do whatever they can to recruit. And they have to gaslight the public in order to recruit. They have to lie to them. And tell the, and and have them not look into what is really in the evaluation. They're asking again. It's no different than the shot taking. They're asking everybody to inject themselves with things without asking what's in it. And then the first person that they ask says, "Well, it's mRNA, and it goes into the cell, and it makes you healthier." I mean, there are dummies who who believed that that fairy tale and that story, and they still took it. No different with these evaluation systems. Well, they evaluate your effectiveness, and if you're, and they compare you to every other college and university and school across the nation, and certainly within your state. And then you uh, you rank a particular way, and then if you rank high enough, and you feel like you want to use that ranking to your benefit, well, then you just tell everybody that you ranked high, and you just wring that cloth dry as much as you can, and you put it on every poster and every website you have, and you put it on. Every uh, public relations announcement you make that you're you're in the top echelon of schools that exist. Only the sheep believe it. They're the only ones that take the bait. Because this is happening, and this leads me to this. 
This is from WND.com. The title, Public University Slashes Teaching Major, Other Programs to Fix Deficit, may also shutter art history, health, and French. This is the State University of New York School, has cut four academic programs and may slash 14 others to address a $9 million annual deficit. Quote, SUNY Potsdam President Suzanne Smith is working in conjunction with SUNY on a plan that will put the college on a path to fiscal stability, according to a Tuesday statement by the Associate Vice President for Communications, Mindy Thompson. And they shared that with the college fix. Communicate a vice president for communications. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, they have to they have to gloss over everything as much as they can and put everybody at ease. It's okay. We're doing this to gain money. And we hope to bring back these programs in the future and whatever else. They're firing copious amounts of people. Endless students won't show up now. Because why? Because they've killed off their clientele with a biological weapon. People aren't showing up. They've lost money even after taking all of the COVID cash. And they're finished. This is the beginning of the end for them. The next story will read, they're closing their doors after this many years in existence and what a shame it is. It's, it's, it's right here. It's right here. Here's another one and some audio to play. This was on InfoWars the other day. The title, Teacher Gives Horrific Testimony on How Behind Kids Are in, American, in America's Schools, rather, September 22nd. I'm just going to play the audio. There's two clips. Um, both of them probably gay. And they're perplexed as to why uh, their students can't read and write and do the basic things that they should be able to do. So give this a listen in three, two, one. I teach seventh grade. They are still performing on the fourth grade level. It would benefit you to watch his entire video because he breaks it down about how like, and that's the kids that are doing well. Because I also teach seventh grade, and we have kids that have math grade level equivalents of first and second grade, third grade, many at fourth grade, very few at grade level, very few, uh, if any, in some classes. Um, these kids can't read. They can't decode. They have no vocabulary, no background knowledge. I've never seen anything like it. For context, for eight years, I taught um, a self-contained program for significant language-based learning disabilities. Like, it was the most restrictive environment. It was the step before being sent to a specialized school. Um, and my fifth graders with significant language-based learning disabilities could write better than non-disabled seventh graders can now. They can't write a sentence. They don't know what state they live in. They don't know what region of the country they're in. They have no background knowledge. Most of them don't know who the president is. Um, you know, they, they're coming to school with no background knowledge. 
They have very low skills. And yes, part of my job is to help them find those skills. And as a special education teacher, like I'm obviously going to be working with students who require specialized instruction, but I'm not talking about specifically my students. I'm talking about students in the grade period. And this was the case last year. They can't take notes. They can't even attend to a video. They can't even attend to a three minute video clip. I can play it. I can tell them what it's going to be about. I can summarize what the video did and not a single one can tell me what the video was about. Directions written on the board, stated by the classroom teacher, restated by me. All right, who can tell me what we just said? Crickets. They have no listening skills, no reading skills, no writing skills, and no math skills. And like this creator said, I've had them for 30 days. Not even, this is week four. I have kids, I, like I get it. I have kids, they went through the pandemic and my kids are at very different stages and were at very different stages from each other during the pandemic. I, my oldest is a freshman in college, they're 17. My middle child is 11, he's in sixth grade. He's reading at a 12th grade level. He's doing eighth grade math. My daughter is four. She definitely has self-regulation issues. We're pretty sure that she has traits of autism. Um, I don't know that it's impacting her academically in any way, but it definitely impacts her ability to self-regulate. Um, but like, she knows her letters. She knows how to spell her name. She knows how to spell words. She's starting to sound out words with me. She knows how to count. She knows how to skip count. Like my four-year-old can spell and count better than some seventh graders who are not students with disabilities. And they just keep passing the kids grade to grade to grade, hoping that it's just going to magically resolve. And my question is, parents, where are you? I can tell which, stu which students have families that talk to them at home. So many kids just don't even hear adults having conversations. So they don't absorb any background knowledge at all because nobody's talking to them. Four weeks, I've had these kids. I know it's not my fault. No, y'all, can we talk about it? Can we please talk about it? Let's take a moment to discuss. Let's take a moment to debrief. Let's take a moment to unpack. So I'm not really understanding why they're not telling y'all. Like, we all know that the world is behind, like, you know, globally, like, you know, because of the pandemic and stuff. But I don't understand why they're not stressing to y'all how bad it is. Like, I'm not even trying to be funny, but these kids are... I'm going to just say this. I teach seventh grade. They are still performing on the fourth grade level. I don't care how you flip it, turn it, swing it, swing it, swindle it. They still performing on a fourth grade level. Ain't nobody talking about how they just keep moving, passing them on. They just keep passing them on, 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 passing them on. I can put as many zeros in this grade book as I want to. They gonna move that child to the eighth grade next year. Ain't nobody talking about that. Why they not talking about that? Why they not telling y'all that y'all... And why don't y'all know that y'all kids not performing on their grade level? Why y'all don't know this? Why y'all don't know? Talk about it. Let's unpack. Because y'all be quick to talk about, oh, the teacher this, the teacher this, the teacher show job, it's your job, baby. I just got here 30 days ago. She was performing on fourth grade level since fourth grade. Why we not talk? Well, let's talk about it. You the teacher. You supposed to be, the, again, she's been on the fourth grade level since the fourth grade. We in seventh grade now. So you let this child go three years and you never knew that your child was still in the fourth grade, ain't never left the Hang it up, flat screen. And fourth graders be nice. I still have kids performing on grade K, one, two, and third grade levels.
I could probably count on one hand how many kids are actually performing on a grade level. So just imagine, you don't know that your child been on the second grade level since the second grade and they now in the seventh or eighth grade. Are you joking right now? And these are future leaders, our future doctors, our future nurses, our future... Please. Please. Do I have to say anything? Do I really have to say anything? <laughs> these people. It's not their fault, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, come on. It's not their fault. It's not those two individuals. They aren't to blame for anything. You've got to be shitting me. They are the problem. They're the problem. If you can't speak English at a first grade level, which clearly that last guy can't, and yes, that was a man, allegedly, you're part of the problem. You can't be a school teacher if you can't speak English. It, it doesn't. I got nothing on those two. I have nothing on those two head cases. First of all, they're not kids. Call them students. They're not your kids. They're not government's kids. Second of all, regarding the first female teacher, you know, the word self regulate, give me a break. Give me a break. Your kid is jabbed to the bone. That's why they are the way that they are. How many vaccines did you give them? How about yourself? How about your other kids? They have the COVID jabs too. You're all doomed. So, you know, keep doing what you're doing because you're making quite the impact. But it's not your fault. No, no, no. Don't expect any, uh, or accept rather, any responsibility whatsoever. Can't possibly be your fault. Certainly not the last guy either. Can't be his fault, the fact that he can't speak English and that his students are in his room for eight hours a day. Can't be his fault that they have to listen to him talk like that all day long. That's, that, that's called a bad hire. But that's your diversity, equity, and inclusion for you. That person has a teaching degree. That person is certified to be a school teacher. It's, it's, it's not new. None of this is new. This has been around for decades and decades and decades, and it's getting worse. Their hiring practices are getting worse. The teacher education departments at the university level are the worst they've ever been. They aren't improving. The ship is sinking. Everybody's out in the middle of the ocean trying to use each other as human rafts, and they're drowning one another. <laughs> this isn't going to get better. Which, by the way, just to sprinkle some fun on top of it, how about we throw more illegal aliens in the mix? What could possibly go wrong? Let's keep throwing in mask wearing and fake COVID testing and biological weapons that people are taking thinking that it's medicine. What could possibly go wrong? There's also this, the Canadian government. Don't know if you heard about this. Probably you did. Quote, TDSB which is the Toronto District School Board's Ward 8, has said that parental rights don't exist in response to the One Million March for Children. Now, this One Million March for Children occurred the other day. Canadian parents are out there yelling about the books and the gayness and all of it. When what they don't know is they could all go home homeschool their children, and yes, you can use a Becca in Canada. You can also use calverteducation.com in Canada. 
and they would make the Toronto school district bankrupt overnight in the blink of an eye. But they're out there banging their drums, yelling and screaming about all of the degeneracy that exists. And again, how how just corrupt the school district is, and yet they turn right around and they send their students and their, and their children straight back into those environments. They just keep doing it time and time again. The walls of their prison are invisible. They love the gaslighting. They love the abuse. They must. Why else do they keep going back? We can't homeschool, Sean. It's expensive. No, it isn't. What's expensive and taxing on your mind, body, and soul is screaming at the enemy to give you what you want. That'll never happen. I just read it at the beginning of this show. Canada's all in on Agenda 2030. They're pedal to the floor, fifth gear, they've broken the emergency brake, and they're Thelma and Louising it straight off a cliff. They're doing it on purpose. And these parents are still showing up and screaming and yelling for what? Walk away. Make them insolvent. That's the only way forward here. It's the only way. God bless. And to top it all off in the education, uh, in the education realm, why not this? Ukraine's president, allegedly, Voldemort Zelensky, has hired Satanist and Jew Maria Abramovich, or Abramovic, my apologies to the Satanist for mispronouncing her last name. They've hired her to be an ambassador for children and schools in Ukraine. That's a real thing. That happened. Allegedly. Could be just for show. Could be just to stir the pot and make people angry. But apparently that happened. Nothing wrong with that, right? Spirit cooking. Cut your middle finger on your uh, whatever the hell it is. Cut, your middle, cut the middle finger on your, on your left hand and eat the pain. I've got a picture of her on my Gab page. And I put it in the last war video too. Her sitting on top of a pile of bloody bones and what looks like dead children. You know, because that's normal. But don't worry, she's an ambassador for children and education in Ukraine. Yeah, completely normal. Okay, sliding into the jab-related stuff now. And as you can see, the, uh, the episode is as long as I predicted. It's certainly... <laughs> certainly getting longer. So here we go. I have this little, uh, th th this little Venn diagram that I came across in my, uh, in my travels of the old interweb, and I threw it up on Gab a while back, but I didn't read it on the show, and I wanted to. It is called The Censorship Industrial Complex, and this is by Racket News, R-A-C-K-E-T. It basically has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight separate sections that all participate in 
the censorship industrial complex. There is government. There is foundations, what they call foundations. There's big tech, NGOs, fact checkers. That's funny. Think tanks, and then academic initiatives, along with, finally, for-profit organizations. I just wanted to mention a few of these just to give you uh, a little taste and wet your whistle here. Regarding government, as you would expect, the Department of Homeland Security, NATO, CISA, the UK's 77th Brigade, the Foreign Malign Influence Center, the U.S. Department of Defense, DARPA, of all places, the U.S. Department of State, and the National Science Foundation. All of those are engaged in censorship of us. The foundations are listed. There's the Craig Newark Philanthropies, the Ford Foundation, the Open Society Foundation, the Rockefeller Foundation, the Charles Koch Foundation, the Gates Foundation, the Google News Initiative, Facebook Journalism Project, the Knight Foundation, O-M-I-D-Y-A-R Foundation, or that group, the William and Flora Hewitt Foundation as well. For big tech, as you might expect, Google, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn, YouTube, TikTok, and Twitter. You're not going to find Gab on the old censorship industrial complex, ladies and gentlemen. You're not going to find Telegram really either. But you need to get on Gab. I'm telling you what, it's the place to be. It's where all the cool kids hang out. Um, NGOs, the EU Disinfo Lab. I'm sure. I'm sure that's sure. There's a lot of pink hair in that group. What do you think? Um, the Advanced Democracy Group, Wikipedia, Median, M E E D A N. There's also the Ad Council, the Center for Counterfeiting Digital Hate. There's First Draft, another one called Counterfeiting Disinformation, another one titled The Public Goods Project, Media Matters for America, Credibility Coalition, the Algorithmic Transparency Institute. Wow, they threw, they threw all the words into that one, didn't they? God bless the words they use. They give them away. Uh, National Conference on Citizenship and then. Uh, wow. Bellingcat? Whatever the hell that's called? I don't know. Here are the fact checker organizations. Polygraph Info, Disinfo Watch, um, Reveal, Reveal You, something like that. Full Fact is another one. Fact Check Me is another one. International Fact Checking Network. Uh, let's see. Potner, P-O-Y-N-T-E-R, however you say that, don't care. Bot Check Me is another one. Trusted News Initiative is another one. Myth Detector, PolitiFact, Verified, uh, FactCheck.org, Claim Buster, and the Global Disinformation Index. Here are the think tanks. The Institute for Strategic Dialogue, the Alliance for Securing Democracy, the German Marshall Fund, the Integrity Initiative, the Aspen Institute, 
the Atlantic Council, the Digital Forensics Research Lab, and the Center for European Policy Analysis. Here are the academic institutes. The Automated Controversy Detection. Sounds fun. Information Futures Lab at Brown University. The Annenberg Public Policy Center. The Technology and Social Change Project. The Shorenstein, hmm, every single time, Center on Media Politics and Public Policy, the Duke Reporters Lab, the University of Washington Center for an Informed Public, the Clemson University Media Forensics Hub, and the Stanford Internet Observatory. And then finally, the for-profit organizations that are engaged in the censorship industrial complex, Moonshot, CVE, Park Advisors, Graphics A or Graphics, uh, Graphixa, I don't know, don't care, uh, New Knowledge Yonder, another one called Maburo Digital Threat Analysis Center, the Disinfo Cloud, and Google Jigsaw. And there you go. They all want us dead, and they all want you to not know the truth. All of those foundations, and I'm sure much more. Ladies and gentlemen, we are way past the Frankfurt School, are we not? It's not just one think tank anymore, is it? It's our own government. Our own government is actively keeping information away from us, which leads me now to jabs. Here we go. Last week, Naomi Wolf was on Steve Bannon's show, and she was perplexed based on a Freedom of Information Act request that she made regarding what the White House was speaking about in 2021, in the spring, regarding the shots and illness. And according to her, the White House was panicking around May of 2021 that people were dying and specifically getting myocarditis and blood clots and whatever else, that they were communicating this back and forth and what can they do to basically quell the panic as much as possible or stamp it out or whatever you want, whatever word you want to use. This is not new. And it's not that they knew that people were dying from the shots and they were panicking. That's not why. They were panicking that they got caught because people like me, people like you, people in the public, we were all over social media about media about this. In fact, we were all over it long before Naomi Wolf even came on the scene. So while Naomi Wolf was doing whatever she was doing, Back in early 2021, I had already written a book about what was going on. Endless people had podcasts talking about what was happening with the shots. People were still yelling, unfortunately, like Steve Bannon, were still yelling about the fraudulent 2020 election, which is fine. He gets to yell about that. But we were telling people that these institutions are going to crumble because they are killing off their customers with a biological weapon. So it's almost as if Naomi Wolf shows up on the scene again, waves her 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 you know Jewish background around, and then uh, 
finds her way on Steve Bannon's show because she has a website where she brings up things that, you know, numerous people like myself have been bringing up for a very long time. I mean, good for her. Congratulations. But welcome to the party, pal. We've been on the ball field hitting dingers for a very long time, and you've just walked out from the dugout, and you're amazed that a game's being played. Again, the White House and those those emails aren't shocking in the slightest, and I played her audio in my last war video so you can go and check it out. It's about 12 minutes long. They weren't panicking because people were dying. They were panicking because they got caught and because of websites like gab and telegram and there's too there's too many of us too many of us know about the depopulation agenda that has been in place for well over 120 plus years well let's let's face it since the beginning of time 6000 years ago i mean since the devil was walking around the depopulation agenda has been in place so let's get that out of the way because it took Naomi Wolf a very long time to come to that realization. So that's not new. Glad she said what she said. Great. The White House knows that people are dying. Show me a reporter in the White House press room who's going to ask her about that. Nobody. Why? Because they're all in on it. But everybody gets excited when Peter Ducey asks a question and Corinne Jean Maped Pierre doesn't answer, right? Everybody loves those clips of Peter Ducey catching her yet again in another lie. Ask her about the jabs, Peter. Or are you jabbed? And it hits a little too close to home because your dad sits on a curvy couch on Fox News in the morning and encourage people to get the shots. See why this is the perfect crime? It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Now there's this. Can't make this up either. Absolutely ridiculous. I'm going to read part from this article, and then I'm going to read the abstract from the actual study. This is from the University of Michigan's website. It is literally titled, Smart People First in Line for COVID-19 Vaccines, Study Suggests. It says the following from the University of Michigan here, which again, the Website is cidrap.umn.edu, written by a Mary Van, uh, whatever it is, Bersham, Bosham, Bersham, something. A master's student, excuse me. It says, quote, this was September 8th, by the way. Intelligent people get their COVID-19 vaccines much faster, suggests a study of more than 750,000 people in Sweden, published in the Journal of Health Economics. I feel like I've read this before. Uh, Anyway, it says, Among the 750,000 men and 3,000 women who registered for military service in Sweden from 1979 to 1997, the team used intelligence test data from the Swedish military archives and they assess the relationship between cognitive ability and prompt COVID-19 vaccination among those individuals that I just mentioned. So here's the, uh, here's the abstract. I'm just going to get to that. 
Here we go. It says the following. We examine the relationship between cognitive ability and prompt COVID-19 vaccination using individual level data on more than 700,000 individuals in Sweden. We find a strong positive association between cognitive, cognitive ability and swift vaccination, which remains even after controlling for confounding variables with a twin design. Which means, according to them, and of course it goes without saying, they're all wrong, but according to them, you're not only smarter if you get it, and, and, and you're, you're, you're faster on the draw, and that makes you smarter by default. But even if you hear about bad things regarding it, you still get it, and that still makes you smart. And you're still smart for doing so. Uh, You can't make up this level of stupidity. It's right here. It says the results suggest that the complexity of the vaccination decision may make it difficult for individuals with lower cognitive abilities to understand the benefits of vaccination. Consistent with this, We show that simplifying the vaccination decision through pre-booked vaccination appointments alleviates almost all of the inequality in vaccination behavior. So they think that booking an appointment for your vaccination and making that an available thing decreases the likelihood of dummies not getting the shots. If you're confused, welcome to the Matrix. <laughs> this, this is the Matrix right here. That's it. There's no getting around it. They actually publish that. Why? Because they have to. They have to publish an article like that now so that the jabbed who are sick can still feel like they're intelligent. And they have to publish it, I might add, and republish it through an editorial that analyzes the study, allegedly, from a master's student, on a university website to justify the university's participation in the fact that they've just killed off their entire clientele, along with all of their employees. I bet the University of Minnesota is jabbed to the bone. Because they all are. Here's another one. Skeleton crawls out of Fauci's closet, shows him saying benefits of gain-and-function research outweighed pandemic risk. Are we shocked? Are we shocked that Fauci would write something or say something that gain-of-function, which means, again, killing an animal, sucking its dead juices out of its body, and turning it into a vaccination to then give to another human being, is a good thing. That's what gain of function really means. That all of that research outweighs any risk. Well, that is the risk. That's the whole point. And of course, that's the problem. Now there's this. I just want to read as quickly as I can here through some Dr. Mackis uh, headlines from his Substack. The guy pumps them out. He pumps them out constantly. So allow me to read through some headlines here. Let's see. Um, MRNA, here we go. I'm sorry. Sepsis. This is where I wanted to start. He wrote one about sepsis on September 20th. 
It is titled MRNA Injury Series, Sepsis, Why Do So Many Young People Have Damaged Immune Systems? COVID-19 mRNA vaccines are destroying young people's immune systems and each dose makes it worse. And he highlights 12 sepsis cases. One here from a 24-year-old who ended up in the emergency room in critical condition with whole body sepsis and organ failure on July 28th of this year, and he died two days later. The next one, mRNA and breastfeeding. COVID-19 vaccine mRNA found in breast milk. New study, as of September 19th of 2023, shows that 77% of mothers had mRNA in their breast milk. Vayers shows two baby deaths, and he highlights 14 reactions within his, uh, his substack here. Vayers only shows two baby deaths. Why would that be the case? Because Vayers is unreliable, and no one should rely on Vayers for anything. Here's another one he wrote. Turbo cancer. The dam is starting to burst. Dr. Senef and Dr. McCullough published 10th cancer case after COVID-19 mRNA vaccination, massive skin cancer. He summarizes and reviews 10 cases, and these pictures are graphic. Certainly that one is. It's destroying the person's cheek and ear. Here's another one. Doctors and nurses injured by COVID-19 mRNA vaccines. 10% are injured, 7% severely, 2% unable to work. Long COVID is being blamed. And as we know, there's no such thing as long COVID. UK, US, and Australia governments are buying their silence. Six recent articles he highlights. And that's it for uh, Dr. Mackis's Substack highlights there, and certainly the titles. There's this also from the expose, just wanted to mention this. U.S. government data confirms 143,233% increase in, in deadly cancer cases due to COVID vaccination. It says the following here, cancer begins when genetic changes interfere with the normal replication and replacement of cells in the body starts to grow uncontrollably and may form a tumor. It's the number two leading cause of death in the United States. And again, the CDC and Vayers is noticing this. And I'm sure they're quote-unquote panicking. But they're not because their own director is coming out and simply saying we have to regain trust with the public to make sure that they can rely on the CDC for all of their health needs. Nope. They were in on it from the very beginning. Ladies and gentlemen, that leads me to this now, and I will conclude with the following page and a half from the book Live Not by Lies. Again, in this book written by Rod Dreyer, the first part of the book, he again essentially goes through a lot of the current, certainly pre-2020, totalitarian examples that have existed. He brings up big tech. He brings up a number of different things. He brings up uh, some false history, which is disappointing, but I'll cut him some slack there. But the second part of the book is really interesting because he tells a lot of short stories, and then he, he, he references Christ a lot, which is fantastic. And in the second half of the book, 
which is titled Part 2, How to Live in Truth, at the end of some of these chapters, uh, he highlights, a, he, he titles the subchapter, See, Judge, and Act. And I just want to read this because this is from the chapter uh, in the second half of the book titled Religion, the Bedrock of Resistance. It says the following, which, by the way, he consistently references Czechoslovakia and uh, you know the totalitarian regime that existed there, along with the Soviets and what they were doing and the gulags that they had and the executions and so on and so forth. But here's what he says on page 162. And I read this and I said to myself, I got to read this on the show because it's just great. Here we go. Live not by lies. It says the following, quote, A time of painful testing, even persecution, is coming. Lukewarm or shallow Christians will not come through with their faith intact. Christians today must dig deep into the Bible and church tradition and teach themselves how and why today's post-Christian world, with its self-centeredness, its quest for happiness and rejection of sacred order and transcendent values is a rival religion to authentic Christianity. We should see how many of the world's values have been absorbed into Christian life and practice. Then we must judge how the ways of the world and its demands conflict with what Christ requires of his disciples. Are we admirers or followers? How will we know? We will know when we act or fail to act as Christians when to be faithful costs us something. It may be a small thing at first, a place on a sports team because we won't play on Sunday mornings, or the respect of our peers when we will not march in a parade for a political cause. But the demands made on us will grow greater, and the consequences for failing to submit to the world's demands will grow more severe. Father, Father Kolakovic, who he references, by the way, rather significantly throughout the book and dedicates the book to him, he was a, uh, a Czech pastor, if memory serves, told his family this, and in a way, he's telling us the same thing today. We serve a God who created all things for a purpose. He has shown us in the Bible, especially the Gospels, who we are and how we are to live to be in harmony with the sacred order he created. He does not want admirers. He wants followers. As Jesus Christ, the second person of the Holy Trinity, God suffered with humanity to redeem humanity. He calls us to share in his passion for our sake and the sake of the world. He promises us nothing but the cross, not happiness, but the joy of blessedness. Not material wealth, but the richness of spirit. Not sexual freedom as erotic abandon, but sexual freedom within loving, mutually sacrificial commitment. Not power, but love. Not self-sovereignty, but obedience. This is the uncompromising rival religion that the post-Christian world will not long tolerate. If you are not rock solid, in your commitment to traditional Christianity, then the world will break you. 
But if you are, then this is the solid rock upon which that world will be broken. And if those solid rocks are joined together, they form a wall of solidarity that is very hard for the enemy to breach. Unquote. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. I'll catch you on Wednesday. Peace. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.